Welcome to The Nature Photographer on Wild and Exposed, your source for the behind-the-scenes secrets of today's top photographers working in wildlife, conservation, and fine arts. The Nature Photographer is produced in collaboration with NANPA, the North American Nature Photography Association. Your hosts are Wild and Exposed, Ron Hayes, Jason Loftus, and NAMPA's very own, Don Wilson. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to another episode of the Nature Photographer Podcast, brought to you by NAMPA and the guys at Wild and Exposed. So tonight we have Ron Hayes, Jason Loftus, and myself, Don Wilson, and we are going to chat about New Year's goals. So not necessarily resolutions, but tonight we want to talk about goals, kind of setting some goals for yourself for the year. It's a good time. And resolutions, you know, I, I, some people don't like setting resolutions, um, but I do like setting goals at this time of year to kind of give yourself some direction over the course of the year. And we were talking about, you know, some of the things that we want to accomplish, some of the things that you know, maybe we're, we feel a little weak in. But in particular, we don't want to talk about how to take better photos, but we want to talk about how to be a better photographer or maybe how to ha have a better photography business. Um, there, there, you know, there's just so much that goes into all of this that I think there's so much we can talk about. So we wanted to go through a, a few tips for you tonight and kind of get the new year started off right for everybody. So, so thanks Ron and Jason for joining me tonight. It's actually, it's getting kind of late, but that's, that's fine. And <laughs> we'll have a, a beer at the end of the, the conversation and head off. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, well, I I certainly hope so. <laughs> it's been another long day. It's been, I took, I tried to take some time over the over the holidays to kind of wind down and not not focus too much, but I'm kind of paying for it now. But anyway, that's it's a good thing. It's a good problem to have. I'm not whining by any means, but in the meantime, I'm trying to get myself caught up on a few things. So. So yes, yeah, so it's been a, a busy week. So hopefully everybody's holidays went well, and we can start taking a look at what we want to accomplish this year. So, so what do you guys have in mind? I, the first thing is I put another tool in the toolkit and I'm going to add one more. So I got a, a camera that's a dedicated video camera, a red camera now, red helium. And so I'm going to get out, do some practicing with that. Uh, but also I am going to purchase a camera trap set up. And that's something that I've been wanting to do for a while now. I think it allows for a lot of uh, opportunity to be working while you're not out there working. You know, during the week, that kind of thing. I can just leave it set up on private land where it's safe and I don't have to worry about it. And uh, try to get some images that I haven't had the opportunity to, to get or to take. Are you talking about it? trail camera or a true camera trap setup? No, a true camera trap setup. I think that, uh, you know, the trail cameras are good tools, but I think they're good tools to learn where to put a camera trap. <laughs> I, I think there's just, there's just so many things that you can do with a, an actual camera trap setup, you know, as far as video and the, and have the quality be good enough that it might be usable somewhere else, like on our YouTube channel or, you know, for a, a real, you know, wildlife real, uh, that I would like to be able to do that. And I think I'm going to purchase, uh, an R6 that I can use for my camera trapping setup and then, uh, have it for a second camera when I'm in the field. Just tonight, I was talking to somebody who he had set up a camera, camera trap set up 
for the first time last year. Maybe actually it might have been 2020 when when he first started doing it along a creek in his neighborhood, just on the edge of the foothills in Colorado. And he one of the photos that came up on it was a tagged mountain lion, and it turns out the mountain lion was from Nebraska. So now he's working with somebody else to identify how that that mountain lion has been traveling and mountain lions in Nebraska because that's not some place you typically think of mountain lions and so oh, there's a lot so of them. yeah you never know what might come out of it yeah i think it just it gives you the opportunity if you find a set of tracks to be able to do some work and not have to disturb them to excuse me too much but be able to uh, get some images. And I know there's, there's some people over on the West side of the state. Uh, Savannah is one that has just done a ton of work with mountain lions and been very successful, done a great job with capturing images. She has a, a really good intuition on where to set things up and what she's looking for. Right. Um, is there anything in particular you're hoping to find? Oh, mountain lions and bobcats, but also, you know, coyote dens in our area are almost impossible to photograph because there's so much pressure on those animals here. So if I find a coyote den, which I typically can, I think I would set the camera trap up and uh, be able to get some images. And there's one ferruginous hawk nest, and it's just in this beautiful area. But you would have to be within about 15 yards of the actual nest to be able to photograph it because it's kind of down in this little draw and it's really tight. And so I think that would be another good opportunity for uh, a camera trap because I could put the sensor closer to the nest and get the adult when they're bringing food back when the young ones are born. And the only time that I would need to go in there is just to go and set it up real quick and then get out and I could leave it for a week at a time. That sounds like fun. That goes right in line with what I was going to buy. I'm going to buy a satellite tracking device so I can know where Ron's camera is <laughs> and then a relay so that it sends all of his images to my phone. Um, so then I don't have to buy a trap system, you know. But... <laughs> yeah, that should work out good. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's a great idea. That'd be a fun thing to get into. Um, one of the things I set a goal for myself recently was to broaden my waterfowl portfolio. So I've already made a trip to try to work on that, and I've got some other trips that I'm working on to um, broaden my my waterfowl portfolio. Um, I've got a lot of wood ducks and mallards, but I really want to um, make myself more beneficial to potential editors in that by, you know, having a wa a wider array and range of birds to offer and images to offer. So. Excuse me, that's something that won't happen in a year or in a month. It's going to take time to do that, but it's definitely one of my key focus areas um, this year, at least for right now um, in the springtime, or right now in the winter and into the springtime. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a good way to, you know, from a, becoming a better photographer, uh, focusing on uh, needs that your clients potentially or your potential clients have, um, and trying to make sure you can fill that need so you're more valuable to them is a very important piece of, you know, you don't want them coming to you for stuff and then you're not having it. They're only going to come to you so much if you don't have stuff and then they're going to stop coming to you. 
So you really need to before a before you approach editors and stuff of certain types of uh, magazines and that or whatever the, the, the case may be, you need to make sure you've got a broad enough. We've talked about that. Make sure you got a broad enough offering for them so that you can be a value. Um, and then with something like waterfowl, you know, that's there's a lot of different species of waterfowl. You know, we just had Gary Kramer on the podcast. Not too long ago. I think he said. And that, it's an, yeah. yeah, it's insane. I mean, there's so, so many out there, right? Now I don't have any crazy goals like that at this point in time, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's just such an amazing feat that he accomplished, but, you know, broadening my own portfolio helps me become more valuable to um, a potential client. So, so you're going to, you're going to travel the whole world too. Eventually, <laughs> you know, that was, that was an amazing a, project a, he was talking about. Right. Right. That you talk about picking a project, right. And, um, doing something like that, that, I mean, that is, I mean, that you heard the, the, the numbers he threw out of how much it would the investment time and cost and so on. And it really was just something he wanted to accomplish so he could give back to, um, you know, to conservation and to organizations that, you know, do that kind of stuff. But yeah, what an incredible um, opportunity. And that's probably kind of cheating a little bit, but that's another way, right. To become, I'm a better photographer is to pick. It doesn't have to be every duck species. It could be one species, right, Don? It could be um, pick a species and try to get photographs of, you know, the, the array of behaviors that that species offers or something like that, right? Um, you know, it's just all about um, allowing yourself more time in the field to uh, to try to capture those things. But, uh, yeah, those are all good challenges. And who knows? I like waterfowl enough that maybe I could, you know, try to do something. Maybe in another 30 years, there'll be more species added that I can actually go out and try to add to, <laughs> add to what he's accomplished. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're, you're actually kind of stealing my thunder a little bit, but that was one of the things that, that I set for myself. I said it last year, oh. last year I had set um, species specific, but that I wanted to give myself um, not so much a specific project, but but to really focus in on rather than and I have a really bad habit of, you know, oh, it's it's deer season. So I want to go photograph deer and then I forget about deer for another nine months. And then I go out and photograph winter ducks and then I forget about winter ducks for a while. And then it's fox den season. And I find I get myself kind of scattered all over. And last year I started saying, no, you know what? I really want to focus on species. And last year I had a list that actually wound up being a little bit too broad. I had put American dippers, beavers, and river otters, and I think bighorn sheep was the other one that I had on there. And I wound up spending a lot of time with American dippers, but didn't spend a lot of time um, with with the other animals. Um, this year, I'd actually like to continue that with the American dippers. I found about six nests last year, and now that I know where to look for the, the nests again, um, I'm kind of hoping that this year will just give me some better opportunities rather than spending my time looking for those nests. Now that I, I can go back to those and, and have some opportunities to sit with them. So the dippers is one thing that I really want to focus on personally this year. Um, but but I do recommend for others, you know, set those goals for yourself. Set a, set a specific project of a particular area. Maybe it's one canyon, stretch of canyon, or maybe it's one lake. I have one friend that, that spends a ton of time at one lake and he just gets some amazing photos of, I feel like I use amazing all the time. Um, but he gets these, these really phenomenal photos of different behaviors throughout the whole year as the birds change over the course of the year at this particular lake. And so, you know, he's become 
very familiar with those behaviors and the seasons and what he can find and where to find it and what time of day is best for light. And, and by doing that, you really kind of master, master a certain area or a certain species. So other people this time of year start a 365 project where you take a photo a year. That's another way that you could do it too. Um, photo a day? But, but, or I'm sorry, photo a day, yes. Huh. <laughs> yeah, where you would you know go out and it might be something different. It might be a sunrise one morning. It might be a macro image the next day, but it would be you know every day something something near near to you. Um, but yes, me personally, that's going to be kind of, that's my, my focus this year is to really narrow it down to, to maybe something that's a little bit more local to me, um, that I can see on a more regular basis rather than trying to, I feel like sometimes I just, I'm chasing stuff all over the place. And after a meeting with my bookkeeper a few days ago of reviewing year end, and she's like, you spend a lot of money on travel. <laughs> she's like, is that normal? I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know you guys can yes, can is. admit to the same thing. So, um, yep. so, so there's a lot, you know, I, I feel pretty lucky, you know, for where I live that I have a lot of opportunities, but, but I need to take advantage of it. It doesn't necessarily mean I, I need to run all over. And I think any place people live, you know, there's, there's going to be one or two places that are going to be really productive for you as a photographer. Yeah. I got an amazing dipper sequence last winter as when I was photographing bighorn sheep there's a bridge right by this campground and there's always, you know, at least a pair and uh, sat there with these dippers for probably 30, 45 minutes. And they were in the water, out of the water, coming up on the same rock. So very predictable. And then I uh, got home to edit it. And what I found out is I got to see that sequence, but I didn't get it on film. <laughs> so the joys of working with a new camera system. <laughs> <laughs> you did not hit record. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Apparently I had record on when I was watching, but then uh, the dipper activity, I was, I was in reverse. <laughs> I was turning it off. That's the worst. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is. The oh, worst. that's frustrating. But, but they are, they're fun birds. Only, they're fun little birds. They are. They're fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Every time I see one, I'm always like, Oh, and you watch it. I just love that little, a little dance they do, you know what I mean? Just that <laughs> that bobbing up and down. Yeah. They're dip. Yep, yep. That's the reason I call them yeah, a dipper. That's the way they call them a dipper. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea, Don. So, what's your next idea, Ron? Well, I think the the biggest thing is just to kind of expand my horizon wildlife wise. I focus, or I tend to focus more on antlered animals and bears, and then of course I love my swift fox and grouse in the spring. But I think uh, this year I would like to focus more on, you know, like sandhill cranes and and migration type events. So I'm I'm going to try to get some sandhill crane behavior and footage this spring, and then this winter I'm going to try to get down or over to Western Wyoming between Jason and I, and try to get some uh, of the mule deer and antelope migration. The pronghorn migration would be a lot of fun. I've said for years I would love to follow that. And that would be for our video now, right? More video focused? Yeah. Yeah, I would try to get a little bit more video than just stills. Like you can tell, the good part about it is you can tell more of the story. And Jason, you're always invited. You don't even have to say it. 
<laughs> well, I just I was gonna say I'll come and I and I'll make sure my camera's in non-silent mode so I can ruin your video. Yeah, no, the, that's the the good thing about the red is typically you did, you record yeah. your audio separately. Right. But that's I'll piggyback on my earlier statement and say that the other thing that I would like to do this year is focus on getting audio because I've got a lot of video, but I need audio to go with it. And that's going to require even more time, especially in my area. It sucks because you always have the wind that prevents you from getting good audio. So on those days where maybe there isn't even good light, I'm just going to be out with the microphone and, in the zoom and get as much as I possibly can. The, the what do they call them? The fuzzy cats, the dead cats that doesn't do dead that. Cat, yeah. That you put a that you put over the microphone. You know the funny thing about the dead cat. <laughs> I left it in uh, at Jenny Lake in Grand Grand Teton National Park, and I just stuffed it down in this tree because there was these sandhill cranes that were trumpeting and it was echoing through the whole valley. It's just this beautiful sound. And I wanted to get that. And what I got was the cranes in the background and some little bird landing on the dead cat and pecking away at it. It was just dum, 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 dum. <laughs> Sounded really natural, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually had one at home. I had bought one for some, some gear. I had bought it, I guess, about a year or two years ago. And it was sitting on the floor. One of my cats picked it up and just tore it apart. Thought it was a cat toy, I guess. But well, and you have to be careful where you leave it. Between their claws, tearing it apart in the field too, because the same thing can happen. You just have to be careful where you set it, because the biggest thing is raptors, because it kind of looks furry. Obviously, looks like a rabbit. And I've had, I haven't had a raptor ever pick it up or even touch it, but I have had them swoop down and take a closer look. Kind of check it out. That's fine. <laughs> so what's your next one, Jason? Um, you know, for me, um, I've got some new trips that I'm planning on doing. Um, again, to broaden my portfolio, it's kind of focused on the same goal, I guess. It's not so specific, though. But, yeah, I am going to try to um, go visit a couple places that I've never been to do some different things that I've ever done. Um, I think that's going to be kind of important for me. I'm really trying to, it's similar to what you had said about not getting stuck in that, oh, it's time to do mule deer, it's time to do elk, it's time to, you know what I mean? We all get caught in that rut, that cycle, I guess. Um, no but yeah, I'm trying to just do some, yeah, no <laughs> pun intended, because that the rut is literally what we're focused on, right? But <laughs> um, and there was something else I was going to say, actually, and it just slipped my mind, but um Thinking about but the old to me, that's, Right, it gets. I thought <laughs> rut and it sidetracked me. You know, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that that's a big one for me, and we can come back to me in a minute, I guess. But um, I just think again, uh, well, specifically, I'm going to Africa, um, and it's oh. actually it's actually a family trip, believe it or not. I'm taking my my son for his senior trip and my wife. Um, and we're going to go and they've wanted to do, she's always wanted to go on wildlife safari over there. Um, so it's actually one where she would enjoy me taking pictures instead of, <laughs> you know, so it'll be a great experience. Um, it'll be something I've never done. I've always wanted to go do it and it'll be, 
you know, portfolio images that I've, you know, I've never um, been able to capture at this point. So, you know what your son needs for that trip? <laughs> C yeah. C seventy, yeah, that would be C seventy, yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you know somebody wrong? <laughs> I I might be able to hook you right up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> too funny. But... Where are you going over in Africa? I'm um, going to South Africa. So, um, uh, holy cow. Uh, Kruger, sorry. Holy cow. Talk about a brain fart. Um, that's why I lit a candle, Don. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, no, but yeah, Kruger and we're going to go, we're going to try to hit like three different areas in Kruger. So we're going to try to really get a, a good feel. It's a nine day, you know, in, in the field safari. So should be a, should be a fun experience. But. I don't think I've ever heard somebody come back from Africa and not say it was a fun experience. So. Right. Right. I hear a lot of people are like, it's like Alaska for a lot of people, right? They go and they're already planning on their next trip. And yeah, um, I'm not sure I'll be able to do that, but um, it definitely, I'm excited to, you know, to broaden my horizons and do something different and the, the quality time with the family, which is going to be a, you know, a big, big piece of it that I'm excited about. So, so another one that I have is, is, um, learning how to sell your work. So that's something that I want to focus on this year is even though I have, I've had friends ask, they're like, you have a business background yet. You still say you struggle with, with running your business. And there's a couple of reasons for that one. It's personal. So it tends to be and because it is creative, it's it's sentimental almost to us. And so it, it, it can be hard sometimes to kind of separate yourself from that. Um, but I, I've been looking at some different selling techniques and trying to figure out how do I overcome that, almost that fear of asking for money for something sometimes that um, I, I've heard other photographers mention the same thing. I was actually taking a class earlier tonight where we were talking about some of those things and working with partners and you know, how do you overcome the expectation of giving your work away for free, which is a big pet peeve of mine. I, I, I get so frustrated with that because there's a lot of money that gets involved in these, in these photographs, you know, whether it's travel or equipment or editing time, and there is a, a value there. And um, anybody, whether you're, you want to make it as a, a, a full-time position, or you just want to make a little bit of, of income there, you shouldn't be giving away the work, work for that. So it's something that, I recognize I don't want to give my work away, but I'll be honest, I, I have a hard time, you know, I kind of struggle with, with overcoming that asking for money for it sometimes. So, um, so that's kind of a goal for myself. There's, there's just, there's so many things out there. Just yesterday, a, a friend of mine who did a lot of work in real estate was telling me about a sales program that real estate agents or brokers use. And I thought, well, that might be even a kind of an interesting idea or, you know, or how do you, how do you use some of the tools that are out there for email connections, you know, whether it's MailChimp or constant contact and using some of the features that they have and staying in front of customers or um, finding new potential customers. So, you know, that's something that, you know, I look at my catalog of photos and I feel like they, they kind of have gotten locked up in my computer and I'd like to find other ways to, to get them out to people, whether it's in print or, or print, you know, whether it's prints for people's walls or an editorial purpose or, you know, a project that might help with a conservation message, message or something. So, so that's something I'll be sitting there with the YouTube videos and looking at websites of sales, sales techniques and, and seeing what, what opportunities might be out there. But yeah. And I think, 
you know, other opportunities besides just prints for the wall, you know, coffee table books, that kind of thing. There's a lot of people that just don't have any more wall space or they reserve their wall space for family, that kind of thing. But they really like your images. That's why people want calendars. But the the bad part or the negative about calendars is everybody gives them away. You got every bank in the country that's given three or four different kinds of calendars away from people. And uh, so to get people to buy them, the people that are fans, they're always going to do that. But to be able to expand that audience is a little bit tougher. So finding these, you know, coasters you print on stone with your images on them or coffee table books or, you know, just some different things like that to give give folks another option. Yeah. And I've heard I've heard other photographers actually say if you have five photos, you have an article. All right. So pitch an article. If you have 25 photos, you now have a the start to a book. OK, so put start putting a book together. And there are there's just there's so many things out there and um you know, that are different opportunities, different projects that you can do. And, you know, we only have so many hours in a day and, and I don't necessarily want to, you know, be working seven, you know, 24 seven on, on this, but there are better ways. And maybe that's even another one, maybe better, just better time management. You know, how do you get away from, mm -hmm. from doing those things that aren't as productive, um, you know, in this industry, there's a lot of, a lot of requests for, for donations. There's a lot of, opportunities if you're into the outdoors to do volunteer work um just just earlier this week i was reading about a, a an article that just that published earlier i guess it was last the end of last summer about the pica patrol in colorado they're doing a, a pica study um in correlation with trying to get them on the endangered species list but also to get a lot more data about how they're doing well it's something i would love to participate in and i i, I probably will sign up for it but you know, at some point you, you just kind of run out of hours in a day too. So that's a really good one. And I don't know, Don, if you don't mind if I piggyback on what you said, cause it did make me remember what the other one I was kind of going to focus on this year, but um, you know, it wasn't necessarily to write a book, but I do have in the back of my head that maybe at some point I would want to write a book. Um, and I don't know what that would be at this point yet, but what I, what I was thinking of doing in just to kind of start the process of that is, to why I'm in the field every day I go out and photograph every time I go out and photograph is to document, you know, start keeping a field journal, you know, documenting the conditions, what I was seeing, the experience I had, you know, kind of just an overview of what I saw and the kind of the photos that I got um, conditions and all that stuff, which I think has been talked about before, but then, I, you know, take a little bit further to talk about maybe if there was anything cool or, you know, any stories that came from that experience to, to jot those down too. So kind of a personal um, field journal about, but not just about conditions, about, you know, the experience itself as well. Um, so who idea. knows what that could lead in, who knows what that could lead to. Um, it's going to take discipline to stick with it and do it right. Because we all get in a hurry and we want to just get back and put our images on our computer and start, you know, throwing away the bad ones, you know, but uh, <laughs> at least that's what I want to do. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, that's, that made me think of that. That's, something that I made a, a goal to start doing this year is to when every time I go in the field to start documenting that stuff. But. And people love hearing the background stories about how you catch these, these photographs. Um, right. You know, what, you know, like you said, what, you know, what were the senses bringing in? What did you hear? What did you smell? What did you, 
the, you know, beyond what you were photographing, what else did you see? What was, you know, what was the landscape looking like? Um, there, there are so many other things that go on when you're outdoors. Right. You know, and they do evoke some emotions too. And, and, but people do, they really enjoy those stories. And I mean, think of how yeah. many times I've heard you or you've told me about that really special morning in Rocky with the, with the elk <laughs> and stuff, right. you know, it's, but those, those are, you know, it's, it's something that you'll never forget. And, um, other people that don't get to experience those types of situations, they start, it, you know, you put the right words to it, and you add it to a photograph, and man, you can take somebody right into that same moment. And even if it's just for my kids at some point down the road, right, for them to, you know, my grandkids or great-grandkids or whatever, who knows, maybe somebody will care at some point. Who I don't know. But. <laughs> as far as marketing goes, the other thing is to do a, basically a video log of your of your trips and experiences and be able to get some of those things on video get video of your setup i like to video from inside the blind and uh, one of the things that i'm going to do this year is when i'm in a blind i'm always going to have a a gopro set up to do a hyperlapse or time lapse while i'm in there for people to just be able to understand how much downtime there is might have been four minutes of fury, but <laughs> it went along with six hours of complete and utter boredom. <laughs> you know, yeah, people don't and, understand and, that part. Like you said, Don, it takes a lot of time to get those, those amazing, you know, one or two amazing images out of a day. Yeah. Yeah. If you're lucky. Right. I mean, and mm -hmm. hopefully you can get that, the shivering on camera too, Ron, because <laughs> my, ex my experience with grouse in the early spring is, it's pretty freaking miserable to be quite honest with you yeah. until in your, and, and like you said, like we've talked before, 50% of the time you don't get anything. So it's, yeah, it's quite the process, but <laughs> yeah, there is, there is definitely a lot of patience that goes into it. And you can also catch those things. Like the last time I had set up a blind, I poked a hole right through the top, you know, the, the F bombs that you drop and the, you know, all the other challenges that kind of come <laughs> along with it. Um, it's still a repair that I have to do actually. So, so that, oh, that made you think of it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys have any other ones? And I have one other quick one that I had is learn to calibrate your monitor. I think that's something that people sometimes forget to do and, um, you know, can make a difference in, in the quality of a photograph. Quality of the print for sure. Yeah. And getting the direct profile from your printer that goes along with that calibration and be able to send them a, a profile that fits their needs. And you're going to get, you're going to maximize the quality of your print when you do that. So that's, a, that's another thing that you can set up in Lightroom actually, but yep. it, it's just another piece to increase the quality all the time. Yeah, absolutely. There's just, there's so many, I mean, there are just a gazillion different little things I think that, you know, like we were saying, it's not necessarily to make you a better photographer, but it can certainly make you better at your photography, um, you know, whether mm. it's building a business or whether it's learning a new skill or whether it's becoming, you know, well-known or a master in a particular subject or a particular location. There's, there really are a lot of things out there that you can do from reading more books, you know, watching more videos to, um, you know, just just being open to new things. It's um, being a fo better mm -hmm. photographer. Isn't necessarily always about learning the photography. There's um, 
you know, like you said, Jason, it might be about writing, maybe writing stories that go with it. So. Well, but Don, I think the key, right, for everybody is, and I know everybody this time of year, it's a very, and anybody that knows me or has followed me, my, my work for a while knows I am not a big fan of New Year's resolutions. Um, and it's and it's really just because I've always been the type of person that's tried to be driven all the time and not just looking at where I am in my personal development and with, whether, with, with whatever it is, with my personal life, with my being a husband, being a son, being a sibling, being a father, um, you know, on and on. The list goes on and on, you know, um, how engaged I am with my religious activities. Um, you can just keep going down the list, right? How, my photography. And I have goals in all aspects of my life that I'm trying to be a better whatever it is, right? Um, and I think that's the message in my mind is I think it's important to be intentional about any of that stuff. But we're talking about photography here. So whatever it is, there's lots of things. And that's the challenge. There's so many things like you mentioned, Don. You had maybe too many things you were trying to focus on last year. So you're going to really focus on the dippers this year. That's great. You know, you're being very intentional and you're focusing on one thing. And I think that's the key is don't overwhelm yourself. Um, pick one or two key things that you really want to focus on and then be intentional about it and focus on them um, because that's how you're going to be better. Right. Um, and it may not take the whole year to do it. You know, it might only take you a month to check one of those off the box, you know, check one of those boxes. But then what's the next one? You know, but anyways, but yeah. And like you said about <laughs> resolutions, you know, it's if there is something that needs a change, you shouldn't wait till the beginning of the year to make a change or to make an improvement. You should do that at any time of the year. Um, right. But the, the beginning of the year is certainly a good time to, to set yourself a goal because it helps with a timeline. It helps say, all right, well, I know I can start it now. I have a goal of finishing it by December and, and I can see progress over the course of the year. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't mean to poo poo on <laughs> new year's no, resolutions no. or goals. It's just, and you're right, it is. It's a great time to even just take a minute and reflect, right? I mean, it's yeah. a it's a new beginning. It's a start of a new year. It's a, yeah, I mean, I'm not discounting any of that for sure. But yeah. just for me I personally, just, I try to not let that be the only time I'm focused on that is all. But yeah. yeah. And I just see resolutions and goals as different, different things. The one other one that I did think about that I have been putting some thought into in planning my year is being on the opposite side of the light. So I, you know, we tend to put ourselves on in the good light where you're going to have your subject front lit. And uh, this year I'd like to get on the opposite side of the light and create some opportunities for myself to get unique images, not just well lit images in, in good light, but get something that nobody else has or not very many people have. Oh, that's now you're talking. I, I love backlight. Absolutely love backlight. Yeah, exactly. Colors. And when I did the the project with uh, Tim Lehman this summer, that's one of the things that he emphasized as far as with video is making sure that you get all all sides of the light. You've got side lit, back lit, front lit footage, um, getting footage when oh, the sun's coming up point. with the sunrise being in with the wildlife or with your subject and, and just getting every possible permutation of content that you can get from that opportunity. And uh, so some of these species that I photograph from a blind, I'm going to put myself on the opposite side of the light that I normally get. I, I was looking through grouse images for a project and I have about 
6,000 grouse images that are keepers. And not one of them is backlit <laughs> with the, with the oh, sun well, coming up. I've there, always, so. <laughs> always put myself on the, the wrong, or not the wrong side, but the, the light over my shoulder, or at least strong side lit opportunity. And finding a grouse lek that's on a hill where you have the opportunity to get a sunrise coming up behind it, get behind a silhouette them. shot, that's going to be difficult and require some some time and effort and then get there and get set up and uh, and be able to conquer some of the shots that I don't have in my portfolio. Yeah. That's a good one. That is a good one. Um, you know, it's funny how I, I can remember – you know, years ago when I was taking photography classes in college or in different programs that, I, that I've completed over the years, um, you know, you never did sun flares. You never put the, the light behind your subject. You never, you, there were certain things you just never did, but with so many people taking photographs these days, you just you have to find something that sets you apart a little bit. And I think backlighting mm -hmm. can be very, very dramatic. Yeah, Ron, if you need any blurry grouse images, let me know. I can help you. <laughs> yeah, no, I I have a lot of those myself. <laughs> well, cool. Well, I am actually. This is how long my day's been. My earbuds are actually getting ready. To, I've already gotten one beep on it, so my earbuds uh -oh. are getting ready to die on me. Um, and I don't know what'll happen if it does. So, um, right. So I think we have we've had some some really good ideas here. I think we've had. Um, you know, I think it's a good way to kind of kick off the year. We have some great guests scheduled already. We've got several several already lined up for the next couple of months. And I think you guys will be really, really um, informed. We've got some great conservation photographers, some very enthusiastic photographers that have have done a lot of um, lot of speaking and a lot of writing books and just have a lot of a really neat perspective on life in general. Um, so I'm pretty excited about some of the things that we have coming up on the podcast this year. So hopefully everybody will keep tuning in and thanks Ron and, J and Jason for joining me tonight. And I will, we will be here next month with another episode of the nature photographer podcast. <laughs>